Well, hello once again, Downtown Community. Um, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Wayne. I'm the pastor here at Downtown Community, and it is awesome to be with you today as we are talking about, you guessed it, community. And just like I just said, we are passionate about you and connecting you to community. We dream of having incredible community and helping you experience that here in Jersey City. It is why we began, and for six years now, we have been pursuing that and we have been engaging that with you. And community is not always easy to find and to sustain, and so we want to be partners with you in engaging that. And something that is meaningful, that is lasting, and that touches your life in a, in, a, in a pretty incredible way. And for six years, we've been doing that. We started this whole thing with that in mind to help you get connected way back in 2015. And so as long as God wills it, whether it's hard times, a pandemic, or things are great, or whatever it may be, we want to be here to be serving you and loving you, loving and worshiping God and loving you the best that we possibly can. We are here for you. Whether you believe in God or not, we are going to engage you, and we're going to engage this city and love this city and love you. And so it's really interesting because of how we live in a world that is pretty, pretty connected. I mean, it's weird because even in a pandemic where we've kind of been pushed away from each other, and we're, we're trying to get back, but even that is hard, and, and so... You know, we could say we're very disconnected right now, but it's really interesting, and I'm very thankful for the connections that we have created, because even like 12 years ago or 10 years ago, this would not have been as successful because of just how our internet has expanded and our ability to do video communication, the way that we have been, it's allowed us even digitally to be connected. And so, you know, if you think back of when did all this really begin to take off with our social connectedness? And you could probably just kind of give props to Facebook. And, you know, that somewhere around 2007 was when they were beginning to really, you know, uh, become more public. And then it, I think it was around 2009 when it really began to explode and to take off. And, of course, it's now uh, the juggernaut that it is. And then it was 2007 when the very first iPhone was released. And so we were introduced to apps, which kind of changed things a little bit. And uh, even though that wasn't very long ago, um, you know, if you were trying to use the first iPhone, I don't think it'll work. It's kind of more of a relic now. It's almost museum worthy because of how technology advances so quickly. And so, uh, and then it's just exploded in Instagram and then Facebook bought Instagram and kind of was like Pac-Man eating everything else, you know, and like, so Amazon's eating all these companies and then Facebook comes in. So uh, not that we're against that or anything like that. We love social media and it's a great thing to engage with and so we're now communicating with one another in ways we never thought possible and you're connected to people maybe you even didn't want to be connected with and so we know a lot about each other and our ability to in, in, in consume information has just exploded and we know so much about things and each other but with that we really don't know each other we really don't know each other and to find a place to develop great friendships it usually takes a little work and that's what we don't want to do we want to keep reminiscing and existing in these places where we just have these this great group of friends but if you live life long enough that begins to disappear 
And we wonder why community, why these great friendships, we just hang out and you laugh. Like you did if you were in college in your dorm room, we just stayed up all night and all, you know, that type of feeling. How do we get that back? How can we experience that? And so I want to begin to lead us into that conversation. And if you've been with us for a while, we've talked about this from time to time. But it's easy to forget. And it's so important to remember why it's important to connect with one another. And to not just push it away. To make the effort and do the work that it takes to find that place of community. Whether you've experienced before and it went away or you've pursued it and or you're, maybe you have a little bit of it now, or it just seems impossible. It's worth it. Here's why we're so passionate about community. We believe that because of Jesus Christ, God has given us the opportunity to be adopted into his family, and that he comes to us literally in the relationship of a father and a child, and we can come to him as a father. We can go to him as a father, just like my daughter loves to run to me, and as soon as I walk in the door and just say my name and run to me, and she has full access, and we just run to each other and embrace, we love it. That is literally a relationship that God is inviting you and me into, and God comes to you, and God comes to me and says, you can trust me. You can trust me. And I want to start us off with, with, uh, with the words of Jesus this morning about if we really grasp this prayer that he prayed, it's, it's incredible. And this is just a small part of it. But it shows us what he desires for you and I and what we can experience. The community we dream of, we can experience that. And so Jesus is praying to his Father, his Father in heaven. And he says this, and this is found in John, and John records this, and it's an amazing passage, just everything happening before and after it, and this record of his life. And Jesus says, I have given them the glory you gave me, so they may be one as we are one. And I don't know what your picture of God is, depending on your background or your history, whether you even believe in God or not, if that's a new concept for you, depending on where you're from or you've pushed away from God, what Jesus has showed us and what God has been communicating to us from the beginning is, is that he has always been in this relationship. We have the God, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and they're so in unity with one, with one another, they are one. And it speaks so much to you and me because it shows that they are in a relationship. It's not just this, this uh, God that we see in the, in, the, in the Greek mythology and all these other you know, mythological type of things in the past where God, the, the gods are just, we're at their pleasure. And they use us and we're just hoping to please them. But no, you have a, a God, the real God shows us that it's in a relationship, that they're serving and loving one another. And so that's what he shows us here. He says, he says, I've given them the glory you gave me so they may be one as we are one. That's what God wants for you, to experience that incredible unified love. 
Jesus says, I am in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. It's just an amazing statement in prayer. Us experiencing the unity in relationships, when God is in it, it shows the world that, that Jesus was sent and that God loves us as much as we see in the Trinity. He continues, he says, Father, I want these whom you have given me to be with me where I am. Then they can see all the glory you gave me because you love me even before the world began. He's like, I want them to one day to be really experience all of this. And this brings and speaks so much hope to us. And just before this, Jesus had said to his, his followers that, listen, you're going to have trouble. And I mentioned that earlier. You're going to have troubles in the world. But take, he said, take heart for I have overcome the world. And his resurrection that happened soon after this, his death and resurrection, spoke and, and breathed all of this into absolute life for you and me. And he's like, one day we will experience this. And when we look at our country right now, and we look at all the, the strife happening, the racial tension, the hatred, the disconnect that we're having, the unbelief that we see, the justice that we long to see happen, Jesus is like, I long for that too. And what's interesting is that his answer for that is through you and me and for us to love one another. And what's fascinating is if you look at the early church, if you read through what we call the book of Acts, after Jesus' resurrection, you saw them even through insane, awful circumstances worse than we really are seeing in our country right now. Continue to love one another and other people and it changed the entire world and region because of that. And it's still happening today. He's like, I want these, I want us to see and to one day fully see your glory. This is what he wants for you and me. And we want this. We want peace. We want community. We want to be able to be known and to be with one another and all these things. Really what we want is the fun that we had growing up. That time that you can think of when you just had community or family or you just were laughing around some table or playing or goofing off in college, like whatever it was. And community changes as we grow up. Maybe you're like, I haven't grown up yet. <laughs> and that's cool. Uh, I don't, you know, invite me over, let's throw a party. Like, right? So like... If we have to wear a mask, I'm cool with that, whatever. But, you know, the community changes, right, as we grow up, and it's creative for us. Our parents put us in a city or in a place. We went to a school or we lived in a neighborhood or in a community or a building. When we go to college, and maybe you had a college experience where you're in dorms with other people or you just, you know, you went to class with others and you just hung out with people and you were with them. But as you leave college, as you begin to take steps, 
that begins to dissipate more and more. And maybe you're lucky, maybe you grew up in the tri-state area and you have friends nearby and you can drive to them. You're trying very hard to keep that up, but that gets difficult as more and more people move away or even just a couple of miles feels like forever. Or maybe you went to Rutgers and you've got some friends nearby and so you kind of have to drive to experience that. But if you live life long enough, all of a sudden it gets harder. And we realize something that we missed, that we never really noticed, and that's, that is that community is, isn't found, it's created. It takes work to continue to experience that, especially here in the city, especially as things are constantly moving, and even more so now as the pandemic has hit. And we wish that it didn't. We want it to just happen. And you think back of the time when it just happened in your life. And it's really easy to blame this on the pandemic. And yeah, that's made it way harder. But you still can connect with others. It just takes work. And we wish it didn't. And so why is it? that hard why is there so many barriers they were there before covid hit and they're still there with it at the heart of it is a connection there's a problem with how we connect with one another and god has been trying to show us this to tell us this all along there's a brokenness that creates a problem for us. So we see this in the beginning. As Christ followers, we, we believe this. When sin entered the world, this is found in Genesis 3, starting in verse 6. It says, The woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious, and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. And if you know this story, God has said, Don't, you can have any tree, the tree of the garden, except this one. So she took some fruit from it and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband who was right there with her, and he ate it too. And at that moment, their eyes were open, and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. And when the cool of the evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. So they hid from the Lord among the trees. And the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? Where are you? He replied, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. So I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. Naked. It's a weird word to say publicly, but anyway. Do you hear these words? They hid. They were afraid. So God replies, there's some tension here. Suddenly in our world, there's conflict. He's like, who told you that you were naked? The Lord God asked. Have you eaten from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat? At this moment, sin into the world. God had given them a loving command, and he, and he gave it to him. He gave them a choice between him, that he is life and love, and they chose to walk away from life and love. And that means because he is life. He is love. And so that means walking 
to death, towards death and destruction. And the first thing that was destroyed was community. Do you see that? They immediately, there's no instructions given. They feel it in their heart. They start to hide. They suddenly were, they saw the shame and they were naked and all that was destroyed. And from the moment they sin, from the moment this happens, there is a divide. They immediately want to cover up and to hide. And they start to do what we've become amazing at, really good experts at, and that's hiding. We are professionals at covering things up. And so the first thing that sin impacts is community and connection. And connection is broken. And whether you believe in God or not, this is very real in our world and it exists in a great level today. And you can blame it on whatever you want. You can blame it on COVID. You can blame it on a virus or your health or just whatever it may be. Circumstances surrounding your life. It's all true. It's all broken. And sin introduces shame and uncertainty. And we know if I let someone in, I can be hurt. And if I can't trust them, I cannot let them see me. And this is one of the reasons why we love social media, because it's something that we can control we love it. For many of you, it is our primary form of connection because when I use that, I can control what you see. I can present you with the ideal. We can always be on a first date together where everything is just great. I'm presenting you the best part of me. And I just let you in enough to experience that. And I can unfriend you and just completely disconnect if it's getting a little too much. And we can have all the friends in the world, but we know in the back of our mind that nobody really knows me. And we crave community and we crave connectedness. And so we've become great at hiding. And so that's why Jesus came along and he blew all this up. He began to challenge the facade that people put out. He began to challenge the facade that religion had. And he made even a lot of people in, that were very religious angry because of those things that they put to make themselves look good. And he confronted that. And what Jesus did actually challenges all of us. And the Apostle Paul writes about this in Philippians 2, starting in verse 6. And he says this, Though he was God, this is speaking about Jesus, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to, to hold on to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and he died a criminal's death on a cross. See, Jesus could have hung on to his glory. Everything was his. It was his right. But you know what he valued more than that? 
knowing you. He valued community and he valued connection. Just like you and I look at the brokenness in the world and the divisions that we have with one another, we're like, this isn't right. We've got, we've got to get rid of these awful things. And, and God looked down and said, I value you. We've got to make things right. And he come, and the way to do that was to, to humble himself, to become like a slave. And he showed us how valuable our connection is. Is And we need to really understand how important it is for you and me, how being known is. But yes, it takes a risk. It will take some sacrifice for you to step out. And you can engage in community in a shallow way, but at some point, being known, that step is going to happen. And I watch it happen many times. At that point of being known is when we can't hide any longer. And and we will either step forward in trust or run away or we'll push back and we'll create conflict because we've got to make ourselves look good. And you'll either blow it up, you'll run away, or you'll take a step and engage. And Jesus showed us it's worth it take that step, to humble ourselves, to say, yeah, I'm kind of, I have issues or I have problems and I'm this person and I'm telling you right now, I'm a pastor and I, I'm just as broken as anybody else. That's why Paul said that too. Jesus went to the cross to take our shame so we no longer had to be afraid. We believe that Jesus Christ stepped into your story, that he went to the cross for you, that he gave his life for you, and that he rose from the grave for you so that you could be known by him. You could stop hiding. You don't have to. You don't have to, but many of us still are. We still do it. He went to the cross to take care of all the shame so that we could step in and just be known by him. You know, we've painted this picture of like, we've got to get it all right first. I've got to clean up my life and look good or whatever it may be. And we've got to follow the rules first to get there or make my life look really good to show that I am earning my way to him. And it's like, no, it's impossible. It's impossible. And that's why he was the only one who could do it. So he died to take your place, to take your shame. And the automatic lights, that was very dramatic, went out. Okay, we're back. <laughs> we didn't lose power. That was good. Took your place so we could step in and be known by him. Jesus thought that being known was more valuable than holding on to the glory that he deserved. And this passage that Paul read us was all about community. Let's back up to when he began. 
Philippians chapter 2, verse 1, he says, Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Any comfort from his love? Any fellowship together in the Spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and purpose. He says, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. That was leading up to everything he spoke about Christ. This was revolutionary. This is what changed the world. Because they saw the resurrected Christ, they died, they gave up their lives, they did all these things because they knew that it was worth it because Jesus showed us it was. And so I am inviting you to engage, to step beyond the brokenness that we feel and begin to trust Christ this spring. If you're in a dinner group, I want to encourage you to keep going, but not just attend, but to engage, to lean in, to love your leader. Maybe you apprentice to be a leader, to be one of those that steps out as Christ did. If you're not in a group, this is a phenomenal time for you to start. We're, we're starting these eight-week groups called Starting Point on, on April 25th. It doesn't matter how long you've attended with this, whether you believe in God or not. These are places where we're going to explore faith together. If you believe in God, this, this builds a foundation for you. If you don't, this is a safe place for you to come and to ask your questions and to find out about it. We're going to be offering them on the weekends. There's a, there's a starting point on Saturday. There's going to be one on Sunday after our services. And then you can join any of the ones on our dinner groups during the week. It is a great place for you to take a step towards community and then we're going to end that this period by celebrating and doing go jersey city where we go out for a couple hours and serve our city and then we'll throw a party because our god loves to party it's and it's in scriptures and so do we bcc jesus came so that we could celebrate and we're going to celebrate this spring and you were invited to take a step. It's worth it. Let's pray. Father, we love you. God, I thank you that you are a celebrating, loving, sacrificing God who cares about us so much more than we could ever imagine. And I pray that this year we would trust you, that we would step beyond the excuses and step beyond the barriers and the fear and engage community. We ask this all in your name and thank you. Amen.